This week on the podcast, I'd love to talk to you guys about my background, how K-Rose Company and Kettleman U became to be such a special part of my journey. I really feel that part of what makes business successful is the way we got here. I cannot wait to dive in and tell you a little bit about my story. Welcome back to the Kettleman U Podcast. This is your host, Caroline Rose, and today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I've had some interviews and some solo episodes, but one thing that I get a lot of requests about is to talk about how I got started and kind of the history and the background of the companies. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And let me just preface this by saying that It's been seven years since I graduated college and started K-Rose Cattle Company in May of 2015, but it's been a long seven years, so nothing in this story came as an overnight success. Nothing happened without the hustle, and there was a lot of sacrifice in this seven years of this story I'm going to tell you. So let's start by May of 2015. So I had started to interview for jobs my super senior year in college at Montana State University, and I was offered some exceptional jobs. I was offered a feed sales rep, making probably um, six figures, and they even would let me have off to buy cattle in the fall. And it sounded like a dream job, and I just couldn't take it. So I was really stressed uh, when they offered me the job. And I remember I called my dad crying and I said, what do I do? It sounds like a dream on paper, but I'm paranoid about having someone else be in control of my time. And I think my dad had a moment of panic because he had raised us to be hard workers. And I got a job offer and now I was freaking out. And so he said, well, you don't have to take this job, but you have to work. And so I turned down the job and it's something that I go back and forth with. I don't know what that year of sales training could have done for me, but obviously this was the path that I was supposed to be on. So I turned down that job. I got another job offer in pharmaceutical sales about the same salary and I turned that job down. I just couldn't agree to work for anyone. So I called my dad and I told him I wanted to buy cattle. This was probably April and he said, well, you're not buying cattle for me. Part of my rule is you go and work for someone else, even if it's for yourself for two years before you can come back and work for me. And I said, okay, I'll start my own company. So I started K-Rose Cattle Company, and that was the first company. And so I kind of announced that company formation in May of 2015. And if we're being honest, I starved. I starved that summer. I think my dad let me pick rock at the feedlot to maybe eat ramen noodles. And I thought I was working really hard, but I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have any formal business training. I have an animal science degree. And so it was really challenging that first summer. I thought I was getting some momentum. I wasn't. I wasn't utilizing my time very well. And one of my dad's customers, so my dad buys feeder kettle, which is important to this story. Uh, One of my dad's customers called and asked if I would list his bread heifers on my social media page. So I had started a social media page and I said, sure, I'd be happy to. And my dad was pretty nervous. He said, this is never going to work. You can't sell loads, lots of cattle using social media. And I said, let me, let me try. 
And so I listed them and they sold within seven minutes. And my dad looked at me and he said, I think you have something here. And I agreed. I just didn't know what that was. So I was the first company, first person to ever sell low lots of livestock using social media. There's lots of companies now, but we were the first people to dabble our foot in it. And it scared my dad to death. I used his checkbook. I still use his checkbook. I'm licensed and bonded under him and under Northern Livestock as well. And I think that he was really fearful that we would get into a bad deal. And to be honest, we've sold thousands. I mean, I average ten to 15,000 bred females a year, and we average about 30,000 feeder calves a year. And we have not gotten into bad deals because we do our homework. But this first set of heifers I sold, sold within seven minutes for full price. And that's when I really learned that agriculture needs some creativity in their marketing and we need some new ideas. And so that's kind of the first direction that K-Rose Cattle took is I was marketing bread stock using social media and I was sitting in the sale barn and buying feeder calves alongside my dad as well. So it was kind of a dual focus. So then what happened is probably late fall of 2015, I had a couple seed stock producers seeing what I was doing on social media using Facebook ads and the email list I had grown and asked if I would help market their bull sale. And I said, sure. And so I started to market their bull sales. So the whole spring I was marketing bull sales, which was really nice. And something I really enjoyed. Nice is a terrible way to describe it, but it was something I really enjoyed. It's the main focus of our business now. And what I realized is in the seed stock marketing world, we're pretty old school. And we're doing a lot of things that don't work and don't make any sense at all. A lot of print ads with no traction for customers. We're trying to get as many catalog requests as we can, even though catalogs are one of the most expensive marketing tools we have. We weren't using email marketing or text message marketing. Very few were utilizing social media. Heck, lots of the companies that we worked with, lots of the ranches we worked with, didn't even have a website. And so I really started to develop and to hone in on what good marketing looks like for seed stock producers. And that was my passion and still is a huge part of my passion today. Why are we spending all of this money to do this marketing that we have no idea about the return on investment? And so that's where we started to focus. We started to get designers on staff and do websites and logos and catalogs and really talk about social media and email lists. And it just grew from there. We had a lot of wins, of course, a lot of life lessons. We've helped some incredible operations with their marketing. A lot of startup operations who have now grown to a huge production sale. And it's really encouraging for me to see what the producers can do with some good marketing and some marketing that fits inside their budget. I always laugh because Facebook ads is a foreign territory to most ranchers. And when I suggest Facebook ads that I know work extremely well, I can send someone to your website for under 30 cents, which is pretty cheap. And not just anyone. I can send someone who is a rancher in Montana, if you're selling bulls in Montana, to your website for under 30 cents. And so when I start to talk about Facebook ads, 
I get this deer in the headlight look. <laughs> My dad always used to laugh when he'd sit in on sales meetings or when I'd be on the phone with him. And he'd say, you are talking in a foreign language. We have no idea what this means. So Facebook ads are the best example of this. A rancher will hire us to do Facebook ads. I'll, I'll talk them into it, right? I'll tell them this is the new way. This will really help your marketing. We'll get some really specific analytics. You'll actually like the results of this. I can promise that. I know I run hundreds of thousands of dollars of Facebook ads. You will like the results of this. So the first year, they probably give me 500 bucks. And then I send them the stats. And they're so impressed that the next year, they give me 2500 and I have some producers who are spending five, $7,000 during their sales season on Facebook ads because they work so well. They have decreased their print ad. They're sending out less physical catalogs with more people on their catalog list. And it's just changed the game. And so that's really what we started to focus on. Thinking about spring of 16, we really started to focus on production sales and how we can nurture agriculture businesses and lower advertising costs. But get better return on investment. So the KROS team grew and grew and we started to add team members and contractors. And we did that for about a year. Again, in fall of 16, I still bought feeder calves. And then I had a lot of rural businesses reach out. So when I talk rural businesses, I mean businesses in towns such as towns in Montana, where I live now, little towns, the town you probably currently live in or call home, those businesses needed help with marketing. And I realized that. And what I found is there's really bad marketing advice out there. Terrible marketing advice. And part of me wonders if people give bad marketing advice so that you have to hire them because you can't get the same results, which just makes my stomach turn. But I realized that these rural businesses needed some help in the marketing realm, but they couldn't really afford to hire someone to do their marketing full-time. To hire someone to do your marketing full-time is one, expensive, and two, it takes a lot of time and effort if they're gonna sound like you on a social media platform. And so I started teaching and I really love teaching and consulting with these small businesses to give them the tools to be able to do marketing themselves and to work together with these small businesses to give them accurate tools and marketing knowledge that has been tested on our own platform. So our Kairos company page today has about 18,000 followers and we're always doing a test. We're always trying something the latest and the greatest that Facebook rolls out because I want to be able to teach small business owners, what is working and what isn't because I've tried it. You guys don't have enough time to waste your day and your life in using marketing tactics that don't work. And so that's really how we support rural businesses. And I do a lot of teaching all over the state of Montana. I do a lot of online teaching, but I really am passionate about helping small businesses market because I know if the town like Townsend, Montana or Three Forks, Montana, if they do not have good school systems, a place for the husband or wife to get a job, if there's no daycare, anything like that, the next generation of farmers and ranchers, they're not going to come home. And that is really, really important to me, is that we are cultivating a community that is desirable for the next generation of farmers and ranchers to come home so that we can continue to have good ranches, 
and family ranches and farms by that next generation coming up. So in spring of 17, we added K-Rose Marketing as a separate company in our plethora of companies. And I ran it as kind of two separate companies, two different ideal customers for sure. And then come to, I think it was 2018, might have been 2019, and it was getting confusing. And so I said, we're going to combine this into K-Rose Company. At that time, we probably had five or six employees. We were marketing about 30 bull sales a year, still buying the same number of feeder calves um, and bred cattle, and serving hundreds of small businesses. And I said, well, we just can't do this all well. So we narrowed our niche into... K-Rose Company, and K-Rose Company is really focused on agriculture businesses, seed stock businesses, and procuring feeder calves. And let me tell you a little story about another experience I had about selling some cattle online. It's one of my dad's favorite stories to tell about me. So I sold two loads of bread cattle to a guy in Iowa who I'd never met, and I actually never talked to him on the phone, which is really against what my dad believes in, you know, his whole communications on the phone. And this guy, we did the whole deal via Facebook message. And again, my dad was nervous. He said, this isn't going to go well. You know, this will never work. You have to talk to him. You have to get a feel for these guys. And I said, just trust me. So they asked for our wiring instructions. We sent them our wiring instructions and they wired over money the morning before the heifers left. Well, so we get the heifers on the road, money's in the account, everything's fine. And we realized that they had overpaid us and by a lot, not just a little. So I finally picked up the phone and I called him and I said, I think you paid for a couple extra heifers. And he said, oh, you're probably right. No worries. You can just send me a check back. And that story just makes me laugh because my dad was so worried about not getting paid. And then this customer actually overpaid us. And it was just a reminder about how things in business are changing and how they look different. And so business stayed pretty normal up until the pandemic 2020. I remember that probably that third week in March, I had a meeting with my general manager at the time and I said, we need to pivot. What are some things that we can cut cost? I do not want to lay anyone off. And I was pretty adamant about that. I wanted to be able to keep all these team members on. And feeding my team members' families is something that I'm really honored to do with their paychecks. And it's something that I don't take lightly. And so we made some big cuts and we narrowed um, some of our expenses down in order to be able to keep our team members on. And then in summer of 2020, I just got to thinking, I really love to teach and I don't think we have enough education in agriculture. And I say that lightly because there's tons of conferences that do a tremendous job. There's lots of people hustling. But what I realized is that, well, at least what I was seeing on my operation. So my brother came home full time after college, after he had worked for some other people, came home with his wife, Kelsey. And the moment he came home and started to run things at the operation, my dad started to go to conferences. And I just thought, we cannot afford to have 40 more years before any change happens in our operation. And I mean that nicely, but we needed to ebb and flow. Just like technology was ebbing and flowing, we needed to ebb and flow. And so I was looking at my brother when I developed Cattleman U, and I really wanted to have a program marketing opportunity for these ranchers who can't leave the 
either first-time ranchers who are just hustling to get everything done in the day, the second, the third-generation rancher who's home now and their parents are taking off, but I just wanted to provide solid education that they could consume while they were at home, in a tractor, driving the semi, driving up and down the road, out checking calves. It didn't matter. I wanted to provide education that they could consume wherever they were. They didn't need three or four days away from the operation to go to a conference. It was a conference coming right to them. So we founded Cattleman U in August of 2020. It's been an exceptional program. You guys are listening to the Cattleman U podcast, but it's really about getting education into the hands of the people who are doing the hard manual labor. And with that, we pick different topics each month and we get a ton of guest speakers and we've built this Kettleman U community of members. And I just really wanted to be able to supply the people whose hands are dirty with conference level education at home. You shouldn't have to leave to be able to get educated in agriculture and hear from some incredible speakers. This month, which is April of 2022, we have Temple Grandin speaking, which is an incredible honor to have her in Kettleman U. Um, this month is all about low-stress animal handling. And it's been a great program because we are able to change the ways that operations think. And I see it a lot in our current operations. I see a lot of our Kettleman U members coming back with great reports about things they've changed, changed their calving date, decided to sell their cold cows at a different time, kind of all of these things I'm super passionate about. But that was in addition to the company in fall of 2020. And so to catch you up to speed, we are in spring of 2022. And we're just wrapping up our production sale season. We had an incredible season. Our producers averaged more than they did last year. All of our package producers did. They all sold more bulls than they did last year. And several of them hit huge goals that we had for the operation. Some of them had never sold a bull over 10,000. And several operations did that. We had some customers who were looking for volume buyers. We found those for them. They were able to move a lot more bulls. And it's an incredible place to be able to be in and impacting the seed stock industry. We actually are just prepping for our seed stock class that we do in the spring, and we have decided to limit the number of seed stock producers that we work with each year. So it's going to be 25 each season, and spring 2023 is already 25% full. So out of the 25, we already are 25% full of producers who are just sick and tired of the status quo, right? We want to decrease advertising costs by increasing profits. We want to sell more bulls and we want to be very specific in what our goal for that sale is. And that goal is going to change every single year. There might be a bull that they really like that they want to sell for some high dollars. They might need a volume buyer. We might just need another bid on every single bull. We might need to find some cow bull buyers. Whatever it looks like, we are so excited to be able to partner with 25 fall operations and 25 spring operations to really get them headed in the right direction that works. And the K-Rose team member net team now has 11 employees and so it's incredible to see and it's super humbling that people want to work for us and with us and to grow this mission of mine and the heart that I have behind this company in just doing agriculture different. And something that is said around our operation a lot that I don't know 
is set around a lot of other operations, but when my dad, brother, and I sit down and we have a little backgrounding lap in Tostin, we sit down and have a board meeting. I will say things and both my dad and brother will look over at me and say, I never would have thought about that. And that is one of the best compliments I could ever get. Being a woman in this man's world means my brain thinks differently. And different isn't bad, but a lot of times what I bring to the table is unique. It's a little bit more creative. I'm a creative at heart. And in agriculture, we bring to the table something different than other marketing companies, in particular because we're in all segments of the industry. So I run a registered Angus herd as well as some commercial cows. We buy feeder calves. Um, I sell some commercial bulls. We market some seed stock bulls. We buy bread cattle. We have cattle on feed. We have a backgrounding lot. I mean, we have it all. We sell farm to stable meat and rose Rose family meets. But the one thing that I just really want to encourage you, so you've kind of listened to my story and me ramble here about the late nights, which I didn't really get into, but the hustle and the transformation of the company, but anything is possible. And that's something that I really talk and encourage young entrepreneurs that this is not an easy journey. This is blood, sweat, and tears. This is a lot of days not knowing at all what I'm doing, a lot of money spent in mistakes, a lot of things I wish I would have known and would have done differently, some hurt feelings, some bad customer service. I mean, it's all in there, right? I'm human. I'm young. I'm, you know, 29. I started this business when I was 22, which is crazy to think about. But if you want to do things different, you can. You have the ability no matter what your situation looks like, in order to do things differently. And you have to hustle. And one piece of advice that my dad gave me when I first started is he said, you'll never be the oldest or the wisest in the room. But I can guarantee that if you're willing to outwork everyone, you'll have a place. You'll get some attention. People will pay attention to you and your ideas will come to fruition. But you have to out-hustle. I really think that we've lost the hard work aspect in a lot of senses. And I don't mean work until you're sick, right? But I said no to weddings. I said no to vacations. I said no to a lot of things to grow this business. I sacrificed a lot. And I always tease that my first probably three years of business was seven days a week, 12 hours a day. So I gave up a nine to five to work five to 10, seven days a week. But it's worth it. It's incredible. We get to work with the best producers, the best small businesses. We get to see lives change. We get to pay, help our customers pay for things such as IVF to grow their family by having a better bull sale. We get to support our customers in times of struggle and need. We get to be an ally and be on their marketing team when we sell a high dollar bull. There is a lot of wins. But what is going to make you unique is what makes you different. And for us, it's the fact that it's a woman-led team and I come by creativity naturally and my brain just simply thinks different. And so I just really want to encourage you that anything is possible, but it does take a lot of work. And it takes a lot of sacrifice and hustle and a lot of tears. Heck, we're seven years in, there's still tears sometimes. And I always tell my team, I do not know everything. This is not a dictatorship. And I really want and value your opinion. And I am learning and growing. If there's something I need to get better at, point it out so I can hire a coach, so I can do the work, and so I can be better. 
but the world needs you. If you are interested in agriculture and marketing and starting your own business, the world needs you. And I hear this all the time with seed stock producers. Producers contact us, they're selling five private treaty bulls, and they said, I don't really sell anything different than my neighbor. I said, absolutely you do, because you sell you. And that's so different. People buy from people. People don't buy products. I live in this corner in southwest Montana, and you have Sitz and KG and Stevenson's and Leachman's and Thousand Hills, and I could go on and on. I'm missing a ton of them. You can buy a good bull anywhere in that area. I mean, great genetics, great bulls. People buy from people. And that's just something I want you to remember is when you're building your business, when you're chasing your dreams, is people buy from people. The other thing, and I didn't really get into this much in this episode, and maybe I'll talk about it later if we do a Q&A or something like that, but the reason I'm self-employed is because of some health issues that I had in high school and at the beginning of college where I've had some strokes. And again, not something I'm going to dive deep into here, but maybe we can do a Q&A. But you have the option to change your path if it doesn't work. And so that is something that has been really important and powerful to me is the reason I became self-employed is because I was worried about time freedom and giving my time up to someone else. But also, it's important to know that you can do whatever you put your mind to. And so don't let some limitation that someone else gives you be the reason that you don't chase your dreams. So that's probably enough preaching from Caroline today. (laughs) I'm sure you've had enough, but uh, I just want to thank you guys. I hope this gives you a little piece of our journey, a little behind the scenes of what happens here at the operation. And mostly, I hope it lets you know you're in the right spot. If you're an agriculture business, if you're a farmer or rancher, or if you run a rural business, this is for you. This is why we do this. And we're cheering you on. Um, We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to follow your business. And so please don't hesitate to reach out. Meet us in Nebraska. This September on the 16th through 18th, we'll be hosting the Cattlemen U live event in Grand Island, Nebraska. This event will feature industry-leading speakers, groundbreaking tour stops, and cattle handling demos that will allow you to refresh your skills. Whether you're a first-generation rancher or next-generation rancher, Cattlemen U is for you. You don't have to be a member of Cattlemen U to meet us in Nebraska. Grab your tickets today at cattlemanulive.com backslash live dash events. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cattleman U podcast. And remember, the grass is greener where you water it.